Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. Oh, finally, I have, I'm actually recording stuff. All right, great. I, man, that was, I'm glad I didn't find that out 10 minutes into the episode, because that is the thing that drives me to murder. But we you know what? We have only missed one entire episode. We did definitely have to redo, like, I don't think it's really? been in the Ashley era, but we did one episode where I was, I think it was with Kim, and we were 45 minutes in when I realized I wasn't recording anything. It was just rolling, and I had it on mute, oh. <laughs> like the record. And first of all, to go back through, you know, there's just certain things you can't recreate yeah. as a second take, right? You know, you're not going to yeah. get fucking Jeremy wanting to off himself because his wife is busting his balls to an extent that he's ready to fucking just take the fucking wheel and jerk it into oncoming traffic. You understand? That's a fucking one-taker, okay? You never get it back. We, we, saw it, we saw it at Tommy's Hulu taping, so I get it. Yes. Yes. So I'm excited about that. Ashley has primo stories. In fact, I have nothing to share. I've been home all weekend. We um, have our story about our wood chopping yesterday. We have a wood chopping story. But and you almost pissing off my wife to the point of um, ready to walk out. <laughs> Who, me? Me walk? Yes. I almost did leave. There was a second where I almost fucking left. Yeah. No, my, I'd say, Ashley, I don't know if you've, I've told you this before, but, and maybe I've said this on the pod, uh, it is my trait to tell tell other family members to, to get fucked, okay? I'm a master of this. I've done it multiple times, um, but there was a... Uh, there's one time where my, my uncle Buddy, very soft-spoken man, uh, was uh, he's been married three different times. His second wife was this, uh, this lady named Betty. She'd actually left him uh, and was just shacked up with some biker dude for by a way, while. By the way, you're wrong. That's his third. Okay, third, third. You know, because I never met, I only knew Paula before that, and I didn't know the, the one before that where he didn't have any children. That was, that was Sandy. I never met Sandy. Anyway, he's he's on his fourth marriage right now. So, And he um, is also the king of cucks. Yeah, he's the king. He's King Cuck, but king uh, Bet, Betty had uh, Betty had left him for some biker and was shacked up at his house. And then uh, this had been like months later. My mom was in the hospital, and Uncle Buddy shows up. He's a very nice gentleman, and uh, he's with Betty. And I was just like, I immediately looked over. I was like, what the fuck is she doing here? And I literally looked. I was just like, huh, Betty, nice to see you. You took a you took a little break from Whore Island to come see my mom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my uncle buddy almost spit laughed when he heard that. <laughs> and my mom looked at me like that wasn't very nice, but also did have a little smirk on her face. And uh and I don't think I've good. I don't think I've spoke to Aunt Betty after since that day. I think that was the last time I ever saw her come around. So uh it was good. It was uh 
it was a really good good day for me. She and does I live keep... on Core Island, though. Yeah, she does. <laughs> does she take the ferry? Yeah. Um, I can't. I can't wait till like Eric's there for like the birth of my first child, and he meets whatever piece of shit I'm married to. And Eric's like, "Oh, hey, look, you actually stuck around this time. Good job, Dad." Yeah. <laughs> It'll be really funny as we like. Wait a minute. Steve, I didn't know you were married to Steve. He, uh, he's he's the vape shop clerk that uh, I buy my stuff from every week. <laughs> so that's great. Wait, is, is this the same one who you hurt their dog? Mm. <laughs> Maybe it was. I don't know. Welcome to Quality Time, everybody. Home of both quality and time. My name is Eric Woodworth, your host, and I'm joined by first my blood, my brother, Mr. Jeremy P. Jeremy, how are you, sir? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. Who's joining us on the program? <laughs> It's me, Rick Mayhill, otherwise known as Dropped In Fred. <laughs> oh, I like out of all the actors that you could have picked from this, uh, or even directors, you could have went to John Landis. You you decided to go Rick Mayhill, who has a small cameo appearance in today's film uh, and a non-speaking role. No, he did speak. He doesn't speak in this movie. He does speak. Not in the regular cut. Not, well, I, I saw the cut where he's actually um, agreeing with the guy and says exactly what he says. Okay, so. fair enough. We'll get back to that Rick Mayhill. I didn't think he did either. I think maybe I did see an extended. So uh, we're also joined by the very lovely, the very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you, love? I'm good, Daddy. Great. Now, Ashley, I, I want to get into it. Last night you had a show, okay? Um. No, um, I had a show Friday night. Okay, Friday night you had a show, okay? Yes. That's We're recording how, this on Saturday now. That's how far my brain has gone uh, and, yeah, and lack of sleep has affected me. That well, you know, this I, weekend you're supposed, like, to you're supposed to turn your clocks back 25 well, hours. Yeah. <laughs> so look, here's what's going on with Eric. I've had a very exciting weekend, which he is fully aware of. Um, so that's partly why, but also, yeah, Eric can't remember half the things I tell him, so he's just kind of going down the rails but it's I a lot more it. than my i remember what my wife does it's about one percent <laughs> <laughs> jeremy's legally retarded i love it. <laughs> hey so, i but, don't i don't play the part of amazing benny without uh being a method actor. actually i'll take that back jeremy you're an outlaw you're illegally retarded <laughs> you're not <Yeah>. documented <laughs> Uh, he's close to retarded but it's still offensive if he says it if you tried to cross into mexico they were like sorry he's not legally retarded detain him and then you'd have to be you'd have to live in a cage for not having the proper they, paperwork they treat him like the guy from the stand we're like we don't want him breeding with our women um so <laughs> anyway so <laughs> I had a show Friday night with our ever favorite, ever exciting John Yeager. I have a lot of love for John. So it's at this cute little winery in Virginia. And, hey, sorry. Now, just so for our what? listeners listening, this is the same John Yeager. I also did a show, if you go back in our archives, probably like four or five episodes, where I did a similar wine tasting show in front of middle-aged women that didn't speak English. Okay. So just, this is the same guy, right? We need to, with the, so yeah. they, he's becoming a recurring character that is unaware <laughs> that he's on our podcast every week now. Okay. He's, he's also the originator of the Yeager bomb. That is true. That is true. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ashley, that is please. no that's okay that is i did tell john i do call it the jaeger bomb or jaeger bombing anytime he says he's gonna do five minutes and he does 20 so um <laughs> i 
There's 15 minutes of you flashing the light at him, but he's still big. He does it. So. That's why he books himself, says he, he doesn't believe in lights at all. He just does. He's like, yeah, I'm going to do five. And 25 minutes later, 15 solid bombing awkward minutes, he will then turn the mic over to you. Has he, ever made a, has he ever made a comedy CD? I don't uh, think so. Because I, I think he should name it the wrong stuff. After Chuck Yeager. So. <laughs> Chuck Yeager. Got it. So here's what's super funny. So speaking of like him and the timing, I love John very, very much. But so he tells me like, hey, you're up next. Get on deck. And I go, oh, okay. So I stand in the hallway and I'm waiting. And then I hear him doing his wine tasting. And I, like, I think he's ready for me. But all I hear is, this is a basic white. And I'm like, yeah, that's why I came out here. I thought you were calling me. Like, what the fuck? So <laughs> anyways, get on stage do my routine goes very well get off stage and the owner of said business very lovely woman she comes over to me and i see john kind of sheepishly standing in the corner kind of not wanting to look at me in the eyes and the lady goes miss Pontius, can i ask you a question and i go okay she goes did john tell you that this was a pg show <laughs> and I was like, no, ma'am, he did not. And she just kind of stands there with her lips pursed, just kind of staring at me. And she goes, We were live streaming this for a church and its pastor. <laughs> I was like, oh. Well, tell, tell them about some of the, the great bits that the church got to hear, uh, Ashley. Oh, you know, like how if you come inside me and flip me over and nothing drips out, we call it a blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a collective group of United Methodists somewhere that are just all clutching their pearls right now for 15 minutes. They're, they're literally getting out pitchforks and starting, like, you know, things with fires, like, oh, oh we finally found one to kill today. Yeah, yeah. they're and all also, outside with pitchforks going, and all you hear is, like, that omen, Jesus, do, do, dominus, do, do. <laughs> It gets even better. So, like, the next thing she says, I'm just like, this is, this is fine. I don't even feel that bad, because it's not my fault. Nobody told me. But then she goes, I also wanted you to know that we share a back lot with a five-star dining restaurant that also has outdoor seating. So while someone may have been like, um, yes, should I get the prime rib or the filet mignon? And then you just hear, I'm so hairy, I'm going to start braiding my pubes into cornrows. That way, guys know they're walking into a rough neighborhood. Wu-Tang! <laughs> 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 I'll have what she's having. <laughs> oh, God damn it, Ashley. It was awkward as shit. So, so there's that. Then, yesterday morning, I was making myself breakfast, as I am wont to do, because I am a hungry woman. And I must have turned up the frying pan too high. And I don't know what the flashpoint is of olive oil. Ooh. And my stove caught fire. Nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, what, what are you I'm, trying to cook for Woodworths? That's how we know. That was my dad's always favorite bit. My mom, historically bad cook, even to this day, very bad at cooking. I didn't know what good food was oh, until I gosh. left our home. But my, my dad said, it was just like, oh, yeah, we don't really set timers for the food. You just wait when you hear the smoke alarm going off. That's how you know it's done. And uh, that is not... <laughs> 
there's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> well, I almost I almost called you, though I knew you were busy because I was in pure panic mode as I was, you know, setting things on fire. But then I was like, what if I call Eric and it triggers him and I'm like his Vietnam? <laughs> oh, no, I wait for the, the embrace of fire to take me to the other side. So, yes, no, don't worry about um, that. Don't want to drown, well, though. Don't want to drown. That's my fear. I don't want to. No, same. I don't well, want to. Eric, be I will tell. I will tell you, though, I, I don't think you want to die by fire because I did get burned um, in the fire yesterday. And that I'll tell you, that hurts like a mother. Uh, so that sucks. Then. So I go to my parents because I'm like, hey, I can't be alone because I'm not an adult. Uh, so I go to my parents house and hang out with them for a while. My dad and I are playing video games. And all of a sudden I feel a pain in my left hand. And some of our audience uh, listeners, they all know that I had COVID last year. We are still not sure, but we think I'm having complications from COVID that my hand began to swell and wasn't working anymore. And I wear uh, uh, dead family members' wedding rings on my hand. And I cannot get the rings off, and I'm starting to lose circulation to my finger. Oh, shit. Hey, so can can I try to guess how you got it off before you tell us? Oh, Eric, you will not guess, and it's not going to be good. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Well, this is this is how this is my guess. Okay, and the only this is a YouTube trick I saw, and I've waited for a long time to figure out how to do this. Okay, but did you take like a piece of floss and then like go on the swollen part like that? We until did it... try that. Okay, so it. I will actually tell people if that ever happens to you, it is not a bad way to start. We did try that, and it kind of helped. Um, but the concern is growing that the swelling in that finger will not go down. And these are very sentimental to me. And I, and I am in tears because I do not want to have these rings cut off because of how sentimental they are. So my father takes me upstairs because the, the tear, I like I'm embarrassed, like the tears are just coming because I'm also in pain. Mm-hmm. So my dad takes a bunch of soap and he's trying to get it off and he's getting concerned because my finger is getting worse. So my tears are coming down my face and my dad is six foot five and my dad grabs my face and he goes, I need you to forgive me for what I'm about to do to you. And I'm thinking he's about to break my finger or dislocate it to get it off, which I'm like, do it. He leaves the room and he comes back and he just covers me in this stuff. And he's like working hard to get it off my finger. And he's like, you know, just trying to get it off. (laughs) And to distract myself, I look over at what he was using and I go, no, why do you have that? And he goes, you want this off your finger or not? My dad used lube to get it off my finger. <laughs> big, 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 big letters, dick lube. No, that would have been fine. That would have been fine. Okay, you don't understand. Can it, was it like a picture of, he was just like, uh, he's a Dapper Dan man and it's Dapper Dan lube. Like, huh? Like with a big white guy <laughs> smiling. Like, oh God, Eric, it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> So then, as my dad is really close to getting it off my finger, thank God, my mom comes in the room and sees my dad and I locking eyes and he's jerking off my finger. And my mom goes, my mom goes, oh, are you using the new bottle? Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, no. Uh, parents still got it. <laughs> that's a sign of a that's a sign of a good marriage that you you're opening up a new bottle. I didn't think my parents have had sex in twenty years. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> am, am I the only am I the only person that when I was young and I could 
hear my parents having sex just by the noise of their bed, and I'd start jerking off too. Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, I've never done that. I've never heard my parents have sex. I assumed I was adopted. First of all, of course, and gross. Um, <laughs> so uh, that is uh, both shocking and horrifying. Is there more to this story? You look like there's. That was it, right? That was it. So now my finger's still real fucked up and doesn't work right now, but <laughs> I don't even care. I wish you just would have cut off my finger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm sorry to, to hear that. That's a shocking story. Um, but hey, you know what? Just just remember that uh, every time you look down at that ring, it'll have a new significance to you. Um, First about- of all, I fucking hate you. And two... <laughs> Too. This means my parents are having more sex than I am right now. <laughs> Dude, old man Pawnee is he fucks. That you should be happy for him. Be you know. He's uh he's 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 dusting Miles pussy off. All right? might... oh, Eric! <laughs> one one day you just might wake up and find all the other baby mamas around town that he's got and you're like, Man, I got family everywhere. I hate both of you today. <laughs> this started out with me being like, it feels good to be with my boys. I'm like, fuck you guys. I, uh, <laughs> I've only, uh, I think the most shocking uh, sexual thing I ever saw mm. is I actually, I saw, I walked in on my parents once as a as a teenager. And that Ew. was, uh, let's just say, old, old Mama Woodworth, she was riding the stallion and I was no, terrified. Mama was riding? Yeah, ew, yeah. No, wow, <laughs> dad was a lucky fuck. Yeah. And fucking and listen, my mom at the time she was a big woman. Okay, she's tiny now. Uh, she got lap band, but this was at her prime. And my dad looked like you know when um you ever seen like uh you know when like the the coyote falls off and like a really high thing and there's like a perfectly shaped like cutout of him like in the ground. I only saw my mom and he was just completely in the bed like all the way down, <laughs> like totally enveloped. Uh, it was shocking to say the least and i was scarred for many years but you know what hey if they didn't do the nasty me and my psoriasis ridden brother and two sisters wouldn't be here today doing a podcast talking about our parents fucking so and you watch that that happen eric (laughs) and you're like i want some of that and then that really nearly changed your taste in women over the years (laughs) Yeah, we all just looking for we're all just looking for a lady that can make us look like uh, like like we got flattened out by a, a steamroller in at the end of Roger Rabbit. That's that's you're my look, turn on. You're looking for a woman with a dump <laughs> dump truck ass who can flatten you like a pancake. Exactly. I'm a regular IHOP guy. Um, so. <laughs> Hey, one, one last, I mean, we have so many stories to go over. Here's a quick one before we talk about Jeremy and um, and uh, our little adventure yesterday. But uh, so uh, Thursday night, Ashley, you and I, we had Save Our Stages. It was great. You put okay. together a wonderful show. Congratulations. I was very, I wanted to say hats off to you. It was a big week for you last week. You booked Psycho Gorman. Then you do, you go on to, to, to host a wonderful uh, show that you booked uh, at Magoobie. So congrats on that. Now, Save Our Stages is very fun, and um, uh, the owner of Magoobies put this on. His name is Andrew, uh, and I don't know how much we've talked about Andrew, but he is a character. Look up his Yelp reviews, because if you ever see a one-star review... 
for Magooby's joke house. He responds to every single one and fires back. He's a fucking, he is a one of a kind guy and I do enjoy his company. Now, he has a beef with uh, uh, another comedy club. It's called Sully's Comedy Cellar. And I won't get into too much of the history, but it's where McGooby's used to be. And the owner and he do not get along so much so that he will tell comics that work at McGooby's, like myself and uh, and others, not to work Sully's. Otherwise, I will fucking fire you from working here. Okay? That, those are real things he said before. Now listen. Rob Mayer, the fucking great one who was on that show... Um, decided to pull a little a little tease on him, and he I say a little tease, he he says we raised uh, uh, Ashley and us we raised a thousand dollars for Save Our Stages. Magoobies puts up a post saying congratulations, we raised a thousand dollars for Save Our Stages charity. Blah blah blah. Rob Mayer goes online and makes a fake tweet that looks like it's from Sully's Comedy Cellar, and it says thanks to Save Our Stages. We're now we got a thousand dollar donation to our th- to our establishment. We're going to be able to survive into 2021 and beyond. Thank you so much. Uh, and it's at uh, Sully's Comedy Cellar, where comedy lives, which is the tagline of Magooby's Joke House, where comedy <laughs> lives. Rob Mayer, without hesitation, forwards it over to Andrew Unger, texts it to him. Okay, he said. And we're laughing because he's 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 texting us while he's doing this. He said he got a call within the first thirty seconds of him sending. He's like, "Are you fucking serious? Did they really do that? Are they fucking mocking me right now? Are you fucking kidding me?" And he said he let him go for about sixty seconds of pure anger, and he was just like, "I'm just I'm just kidding, man. I made the tweet up." And uh, it's he's like, "Oh, <laughs> that is a that that's very hilarious. That is." Uh, and he immediately walked <laughs> it back. He's like, "Huh, good, good, good bit, good bit." And. Uh, <laughs> Which, Which is I didn't hilarious. tell you, Eric. Andrew actually texted me after I, you had told me what was going on. I had missed messages from Andrew that was like, "What the fuck?" And then two minutes later, he's like, "Oh, never mind." It's so so uh it was so much so that he was like how did you even find the technology to make a fake tweet and uh he, so rob had to share the fake tweet app with him to, to prove that it was indeed fake but that was a, oh, that was okay. a good ass story and uh hats off to the great rob mayor who is coming up on a future episode coming soon so stay tuned for that jeremy i came over to your house yesterday uh i needed your help because i was way over my head and um <clears throat> a uh, a pretty bad uh, weed tree that I let to get to the point of 30 feet high and I decided to take care of myself except I was fighting gravity even though there was only one inch of a uh, tree still holding it together and as I got to that last inch the tree started going the wrong way as gravity should have taken it into my neighbor's yard and destroy a fence to which I was thinking to myself, oh, they have a little dog in their yard. It might crush their dog and kill it by accident. And and, tried- and destroy the fence and then do that. Hey, this is... I and they're black. I get... <laughs> A very important part, I guess. So, yes. uh, the, Wait, did they make that movie Fences? Yes. <laughs> so, and literally, I'm living next to Denzel Washington, and he's ready to just pick at my house any day now. So, so hey, this is Ashley. I get I get invited to help with the tree after it's already on its last leg. It's already in a bad spot. That that's when I get invited over to start helping with the situation. Okay. 
So like George yeah. Clooney, we're in a bad spot. Yeah, I immediately go like this, and I start hearing like, "Oh, I just think we do this." I was like, "This all sounds like a terrible idea," and I don't want to be under this thing to cut it the rest of the way because I don't. It doesn't look like it's gonna. It looks like it'll crush me where it is. You're in a you're in a corner where if it falls anywhere near you, it will hurt you and kill you. Yeah, there's nowhere oh, you can run to except like the length of the tree, which is the best spot where you want it to fall. That's your only exit is to try to outrun the forty foot and while. <laughs> I am a limber, fast gentleman. I de- listen. I am. A, I have been called multiple times the nimble giant. Okay, but acceleration is probably not my key. Like moving fast, I could get up too fast, but not that 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 acceleration time. Not great. Okay, you're kind of like my smart car instead of a Mustang. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Exactly, Ashley. So uh, I don't want to do it. And I'll let you know, uh, Jeremy's sweet wife, she's she's not fucking happy about the situation right now. In fact, so much so that she's she's berating my sweet brother the entire time. And uh, listen, is some of it merited? Of course. Is others not and it's getting a little excessive? Yes. But it gets to the sure. point, it gets to the one point where um, she's she's being helpful, right? She's uh, she she wants to, she wants to come along. And um, she's she's a knowledgeable uh, up, up, upper crust uh, uh, woman of of um, technical things. She's she's not she's not dumb, right? Like she knows she she knows some things about cutting down a tree. She also I'm sorry, she knows everything, and, and she'll there fuck you with go. you no matter what. So <laughs> so we're pulling on this tree, and we have it winched or whatever, and it's not enough to make it go. And she wants to. She's like, "Well, just go under there and cut it." I was just like, "I was like, you fucking go under there and cut it." I don't. You're not gonna make it out of there, lady. And so she's standing next to me while I'm pulling. It. I was like, "Hey, why don't you back up a little bit?" She's like, "You're saying that because I'm a woman and blah blah blah." And I was just like, "I'm saying that because you're fucking freaking me out right here, and you're in my way where I need to run, and I think I'm faster than you, so shut the fuck up." And <laughs> she's not. Hey, she's not happy with me at all. And then there's. I definitely I've, said I've it. I've not one. been happy with you before. I understand the feeling. I get. It. Hey, so, but there's this there's this thing where I go, I was just like, listen, I don't have to fucking be here. You understand? I'm here to help. And if you don't want me here to help, I'm fucking gone. OK. And then she was a little bit she was a little bit nicer to me after that. But uh, we did eventually get it down. Also, Jeremy's neighbors, for some reason, are just deciding to work on the fence like feet away from where we're doing it. And I had to poke over like, hey, you guys like we we're trying to drop this tree. Our plan is not to get anywhere near you, but if you could just get out of the fall radius for maybe like thirty minutes, right, we'd really appreciate it. Hey, they worked on the they worked on their fence for another ten minutes, so they before we could drop the tree, which I also I, thought I, was, I swear they're either assholes or they're fucking smoking weed twenty four fucking seven. Could be both. You can be an asshole and smoke weed. Yeah, why not? Why not a both? comedy show? <laughs> why not both? <laughs> So well, everybody does these days. It's the, what the kids do. But we did. We were able to take the tree out, which was very exciting, Jeremy. And I did get to do man stuff, which was use a chainsaw, and that is my favorite pastime. So uh, I had a good time. It did your did your wife cool down after that? After we left? Uh, yeah, she made she made me some good uh, fish sticks and some uh, pollock. Okay, mm-hmm. good. So everything's back to normal. We're good there. All is still won't have any world. sex. Still won't have that. Well, you know, no. when did you, Jeremy? Uh, Look, Jeremy, I'm, I'm down you, to like once or twice a year now. Well, I was going to say, Jeremy, if you want, uh, I treat my services kind of like the stimulus. You can put in an application and maybe I'll get to it at some point and I'll give you a, a donation. Ooh, my dick's uh, about to get stimmied. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give me your Jimmy. Just let me let me get at you. Well, I do have an. I service myself almost every other day, so. Oh, you right. do. Okay. I do my job. I'm so sorry, Jim. Uh, I'm sorry, Ashley. Yes, Eric. I... Did you say that? Did you say you have an honest Ash? I have more things I haven't. Told How you. much more honest can you be this episode? Because I am well, a little bit concerned. But yeah, if we want to do it, we can, can I, do can it. I, can I throw this out? And I, I don't I don't get offended. Sure. I just like I just like the idea of honest ass. Oh, oh. I mean, I do have an honest ass. I mean, how often have you heard about my diarrhea Man. problems? <laughs> <laughs> no, truly, I had no intention to have this many things about myself, and I didn't mean to dominate our episode today, but God, it has been a wild weekend. It was Women's Day this week, so. All right, yeah, well, correct. here we go. Oh, and it's about that time again for another segment of Honest Ash, and here's Ashley Pontius. Oh, hello, listeners. I just want to let you know that when I was a young girl in elementary school, I had no friends, but there was one other girl in my class, another chubbo like myself, and everyone expected us to make friends, and I couldn't stand her. And one day at recess, she comes over and wants to play, and I panic because I'm like this bitch. So in front of her, as she walks towards me, I pretended to drop dead and ignore her. And I did this twice. This has been Honest Ash. <laughs> Come back next week for another exciting episode of Honest Ash. Uh, Wait a minute. So you just, you literally did what possums do to get away from prey and danger, and you did that to a, another human being? <laughs> I do not think it's fair that the world just wanted the two chubby kids to be friends. I was like, this is bullshit. All she talks about is horses. <laughs> and I don't like her. So I watched her I watched her approach me. I was like, I don't know what to do. So I went, uh, and I like fainted. <laughs> and she goes, Ashley. I'm like, no. <laughs> She's like, what a This is and, and she you tried, are like, literally an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Do you understand? Like, do, like have you seen the one where Larry David, just to get out of awkward conversations, he starts pretending to have heart attacks and the ambulance oh, has yeah, to keep yeah. picking him up? You think you're doing you're doing a Larry David bit in real life. Here's the, here's the worst part about it. She kicks me a little bit to be like, You sure you're dead? And then she leaves me alone. And the best part is knowing there's a teacher watching the whole time. A couple weeks later, she tries to approach me again and I did it again. Jesus <laughs> Christ. You're, you're I, did more than once. I even got stuck on a vacation with this girl we went to hershey park you know that type of family and like day two i get in there and i'm like mm. i call nancy and i'm like oh, look I, I tried i really tried please come get me i can't stand this girl <laughs> there's no chocolate in the world that makes me want to hang out with her last i heard she's a 4-h instructor <laughs> So good for you, Caitlin. Very good. <laughs> what is 4-H? I don't know. Uh, farmers. She's a farmer. Yeah. Oh. Well, she, she grew that, up to be a horse girl. <laughs> she Well, you don't have to be lonely at FarmersOnly.com. Uh, sponsor <laughs> of the show. 
and I, another I, website that Ashley also plays Dead on. So uh, check that shit out. <laughs> I think that playing Dead was still better than pretending to talk on a phone when she came up, but it turns out it was a candy phone. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, that I'm is a candy. <laughs> Sir, that's a candy phone. It's not even real. <laughs> I'm offended. You pull out your candy cigarettes and start lighting them on fire. <laughs> <laughs> the, best, the best part is just how dumb she had to be by the fact that like you know i got up like 15 minutes later to attend class with you right like i obviously i she's like weren't you just dead i got better i've i've talked to literally a hundred celebrities and i can count the three the top of my list that had to talk on their phone as opposed to talking to me so i love it. i love those moments uh, obviously one was mark slaughter from the band slaughter mm, mark slaughter classic well yeah. hey guys it, we're, we're we're running over time hope you enjoyed the stories remember always like and subscribe tell a friend to listen to the show but let's get into tonight's uh movie a very exciting one 1981's american werewolf in london i uh a very exciting film, guys, uh, and an important one. Uh, a for the first one. For, for, uh, first of all, this movie is the first one ever to win the Academy Award Award for Best Makeup, uh, which was created in that year's Oscars for 1981. Now, it's interesting also that uh, special effects guru Rick Baker, most fam- famously known probably for The Thing, uh, won this. I say most famously, he's probably most famously known for this movie's special effects, if we're being honest, uh, was also uh, uh, working on another movie that he had to leave this very same year, that which we've already covered in the last couple of months, The Howling. So, uh, But he left The Howling to work on this John Landis film, uh, American Werewolf, uh, and Landis was fucking pissed that he was using all the ideas for The Howling, which is why he made him leave The Howling to do this movie, and uh, left Rob Botten to go finish the uh, The Howling. Um, but it's very, it's a, it's a very important movie. Obviously, Rick Landis, you know, famous for movies like Coming to America, The Blues Brothers, Animal House. Um, this, this was his first foray into horror and uh apparently they had they had set it up as a um as a type of movie that uh you know the director of animal house is here and people went to the screening and they were like this is way too fucking scary i gotta leave and supposedly made people (laughs) leave the screening but how much of that is true i feel like every horror movie does this they always like to have a story like this movie's so scary that people had they couldn't even finish watching it so how much of that is true I've been in one of those situations. I myself have seen a movie that was so scary. Oh, my God. When I saw Happy Feet 2 in theaters, I was like, can't finish it. <laughs> now, uh, how influential was this movie? Uh, it was so influential that uh, the great Michael Jackson saw this. He liked this movie so much that he hired both Landis and Rick Baker to shoot and uh, do the special effects for his uh, music video, Thriller. Quite possibly one of the greatest music videos ever made for the MTV era. So, pretty big deal, uh, the American Werewolf in London is. Um, And and if you watch the uh, Thriller video, 
every every single John Landis movie has See You Next Thursday or See You Next Wednesday somewhere in it. And while Michael Jackson's watching the movie with his sister, he's like, See you next Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So which is funny, See You Next Wednesday uh is in this movie. It's actually the name of the porn porno that they're watching later in the thing. It's called See You Next Wednesday. So uh very exciting recurring bit about that. Now it was hard just to get this movie uh, made, um, or in particular, it was hard to get one of the one of the actors in it. Now uh, the guy who plays Jack, which is uh, the actor uh, Griffin Dunn, um, Griffin Dunn, they didn't want to give him a visa to work in London and in England. Uh, they'd given it to the other two actors, but they had. Uh, England had said, they, why do we have to give this guy? There's plenty of other Americans, actors you could get that already have visas. Why choose him? And uh, Landis was so uh, stuck on having him play the role of Jack that he insisted on it and said, that's fine. If I have to do a rewrite to call this American werewolf in Paris, I will. And they did. They he they believed that and actually did give him the visa so they could have uh, Griffin Dunn play uh, his wonderful role as Jack. Couldn't wow. imagine anybody else. Which is also funny because 16 years later they would indeed make an American Werewolf in Paris, which is, which is one of the worst fucking sequels to any film you can ever watch. But but on the other hand, also a great soundtrack. So I don't take everything Agreed. away from it. It's some, there's some great uh, primo 90s cuts on that thing. So definitely want to check that out. Now, Jeremy, I have one last fun fact about this movie. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's not, okay. Um, Frank Oz is in this movie, right? Did you yes. recognize when you see him? Uh, yes, because I I already remember him from the Blues Brothers, another John Landis film. Okay, so Frank Oz is in this movie, and um, for our listeners, Jeremy, tell us who Frank Oz is probably most famously known as. Uh, I don't think he's I don't think he's anything else. Uh, oh, that, that's right, that's right. Uh, a year or two ago, he had a, uh, a an hour session with him and Mark Hamill. The entire thing, he's talking to Mark Hamill, and he doesn't fucking do Yoda. And I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> uh, and my, I watched it with my wife today, and she's like, I recognize that voice. It's like, yes, honey, that's Fozzie Bear. It's also Miss Piggy, mm-hmm. and it's also Yoda. Yes, so. yes. So you might have answered the, the question I was going to pose. So he plays uh, Mr. Collins, who talks to David in the hospital. What other role is Frank Oz in this movie? Uh, what? He's in other role. Of course, they are, they're watching the uh, Muppet show. That is correct. And when uh, when he has the little dream um, about his nice family life. Yes, yes, he does. So Frank Oz technically is in this movie twice. So Let, remind me when you get to that scene again. Yeah, yeah, he's in. Uh, he plays. Uh, obviously, he's the voice of Miss Piggy, Fozzie, and much of other Muppets from the Muppet Show. And there is a small clip of the Muppet Show from the episode in 1980, Senor Wences. So I think he's also. I think he's also Grover and uh, Ernie. Very nice, very nice. Or Bert, he's Bert, I'm sorry. Very talented voice actor. So, anyway, uh, let's hop into the movie, take you through the magic that is an American werewolf in London. So, it starts out with David and Jack. They're on a European vacation, and where do you go in Europe? Italy, Paris, no. You start in northern England, the shittiest place you can ever go to, to really get the uh, chef's kiss touch of what Europe's really going to feel like. So uh, they uh, they make their way to a quaint little farm town, and they head into the local pub, 
wonderfully called the safest thing that I would always walk into, the slaughtered lamb, which, uh, you know what, to me, and our podcast, yes, sounds great. Ashley, what do you think about the slaughtered lamb? Here's the thing. The slaughtered lamb is probably one of the weirdest ad campaigns Tampax ran that year. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the best thing where whenever visiting the nice uh, countryside in, in, in uh, England is just just watch the movie Straw Dogs with Dustin Hoffman. I mean, it just it just brings you to the warmth of like, ah, oh, I got a the sweet countryside of London. So they'll rape my wife. Yes. I, I don't know what this movie is, but that's a classic Jeremy trope. It's, is... it's the best Dustin Hoffman. Peck and Peckinpah film ever. So. Okay, good. So uh, they head into the slaughtered lamb, and uh, it is a loving place with friendly taxidermy and nice pentagrams drawn on the wall. Uh, and there in the corner, you could see Rick Mayall playing chess, uh, our, one of our guests on the show tonight, Rick Mayall. Yes. So, uh, I'm Rick Mayall. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So uh, they seem very uh, unwelcoming to the new folks there. Uh, not particularly happy to it, but uh, they eventually, it's like that classic record skip. They're like, these motherfuckers are not supposed to be in the slaughtered lamb. They ain't slaughtered lamb material. But uh, they finally oh, warm did, up. Did, did, and, did you recognize the fat bald guy playing chess? No, but I do have an audio clip coming up from him. But uh, tell me more about the fat bald guy playing chess. Well, his other big role has to be the uh, guy who leads the uh, the prison in uh, Alien 3. Oh, my God, you're right. Holy shit. Man. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Good Good point. I do. A very established English actor. Oh, oh, he must have done plays because he plays like a play actor. <laughs> I will <laughs> I will say, though, that almost everybody who is in the bar, uh, as well as the, the guy who plays the doctor in this movie, uh, Landis all got from a local Shakespeare play theater. So while this movie was being filmed, they're also doing a Shakespeare production in the downtime. So very exciting. I do like that. To drink beer. Not to drink beer. <laughs> I think the one guy who was playing darts almost makes my top ten of pockmarked actors. Oh yeah, Isn't him that... and the guy from Wishmaster and Seal. Yeah. They're all up there yeah. for me. Oh. Isn't that wild? That's like every time we see people in film or have like smoking hot wives, I'm like, I don't understand. My face sometimes looks like the potholes in I-81, but you are doing better than me. How does this happen? I'm not going to kill myself. We're fine. All you need to do is make one song, Ashley, that'll let you fuck Heidi Klum, and you'll be fine, okay? you just There's a Batman coming out. You can make a love song, and you too could be the next seal, and I believe that. I could definitely do like a Woodworth-type type cover i could be like piss on a rose yeah yeah it's called rat <laughs> rat on a rose uh it's yeah. it'd be good uh but the the uh the local gentry finally warm up and they decide to tell these sweet americans a joke and i did pull the joke that they tell which is all right then there was this airplane over the atlantic on its way to new york and it was full of men from the united nations oh, right. <laughs> go on ask them you ask him. So halfway over the ocean, the engines run low on petrol. So they have to lighten the plane. So they heave out all the baggage, but it's still too heavy. So they chuck out all the seats, but it's still too heavy. Finally, this froggy steps up, shouts, Vive la France, and leaps out. Then an Englishman. Yeah. He steps up, shouts, 
God save the Queen! And he leaps out. But the plane is still too heavy. So the Yank delegate from Texas, he steps up, shouts, Remember the Alamo! And jokes out the Mexican! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What, what a funny bit. Oh, gosh, you know. <laughs> There's nothing like crimes against our Latin American brothers and sisters that really get the English going. <laughs> let me tell you, uh, and uh, but they uh, are inquisitive Americans that are there at the pub. They do have to ask, uh, what's up with some of the decor here? Well, what's that star on the wall for? And everything stops, and Jeremy's favorite pockmarked actor, who's playing darts, pipes up and says, "You." Made me miss. Sorry. I've never missed that board before. Uh, Chuck, we better go. Thank you. Beware the moon, lads. Beware the moon. So they make their way out of the slaughtered lamb and uh, making, like, I imagine this is how Jeremy, I, and Ashley, when we visit the UK on our world tour for quality time after, you know, after, you know, huge European following, shout out to Ireland. Um, We do. We do have some good Irish listeners, a very, very, I think it's two of them. And if you book us a show, we will figure out how to get there. Now, secondly, um, this is how, this is what will happen. We will order a pint of Guinness. We will ask what the fuck is uh, up with this thing. We won't know if we're in the Catholic or Protestant part. We will pick the wrong side, and we will rely on you not to feed us to werewolves. So if you could help us out, we would appreciate that. Um, But as they're walking down, they tell them to stay on the road, but they do know that there is some impending doom in the air as they can hear the howl of the wolf. Which is good-ass wolf sounds, let me just tell you that. Uh, There's some banter back and forth, but eventually Sweet sweet Jack gets fucking mauled (laughs) by a werewolf. Turns Jack into a pile of gore, which I I do love how much he did it, and uh, I added a little bit of guitar to it. I thought it needed it. I was wondering what the fuck that was. I didn't recognize it either, but I, I was like, oh, this is cool. I just needed. I, by the way, anytime there's a werewolf attack, just know that this is ready at at, at the drop of a hat. <laughs> That's that is ready at any moment, <laughs> which I knew I knew Jeremy and you guys would appreciate. So. Because <laughs> it's metal to see a fucking werewolf like Anyway, so uh, uh, I want Eric to produce the soundtrack to all my book sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I love the pile of gore that Jack is just left in after this. Uh, David gets attacked and he only gets swiped. And 
luckily the townsfolk with their goddamn consciences get out there with some rifles, shoot the fucking monster, and uh, as David's about to pass out, he looks over and sees that the wolf has been uh, turned back and reverted back to man form, revealing that it uh, was indeed a human. So, uh... Pretty cool uh, intro to the movie. I like it. it. It it sets a level of campiness for the movie, which I think is fun. Yet it's still like it's a scary, gory horror movie, but at the same time, definitely has that John Landis kind of goofball feel to it. it it's a it's a real mm-hmm. fine line, and I I've I've enjoyed the pretty much the first uh, half of the first act here. I I, mm. I love the fact that uh, you know. Um most people that love Monty Python, they, he probably wrote this because he loved Monty Python and he could do the the certain scenes that are very English. But at the same time, John Landis, he he, he is the original um, uh, Seinfeld slash uh, Larry Larry Cohen, whatever his name is. Larry it's David, like, yeah, yeah, Larry David, and it's and it's, and it, it literally is, you know, um, you know, Jews in London. Yeah, so. it is. It's just like we don't know how to act, and we've we've done we've done a, we've wronged somebody, and we don't understand why. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it the same. It's the same as George Costanza. Hey, what about the pentagram on the wall? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes, so. yeah. So uh, next, we get to meet his doctor and his hot nurse, uh, who will be uh, soon be his love interest, uh, which is uh, Nurse Alex. Um, meanwhile, uh, they're they're baffled. We meet blundering uh, police officers and bobbies who who can't understand how he was mauled so ba- badly by a crazed man. Uh, and we also see that David's having fucking horrible nightmares where he runs naked and kills deers with his bare hand. Because what else do you do after you've been bitten? by a werewolf so again uh, having your period really does some weird shit to you <laughs> yes yes uh he also has a dream sequence here where he has a a, a dream that he's back home and uh nazi werewolves come in and murder him <laughs> it's pretty fun i do enjoy the nazi werewolves now hey a uh, fun fact though rick baker who's on special effects actually is one of these nazi werewolves in this scene and uh he's specifically the one who cuts david throat in the nightmare so rick uh rick That's baker cool. special um, effects guru uh makes an appearance here um it would have been nice if you told me before you were gonna set this oh you, okay you, you played a special song that i made yeah i'm sorry i didn't know what your special song was because i haven't in- actually listened to it either i just figured you'd let us know but uh jeremy here's a here's your special song about this scene right here uh about yeah, the nazi dream, dream and, and it's a song called who can it be okay here we go Nazi werewolves. 
<laughs> Jeremy, week in, week out, you produce such great music. Uh, I hate to say I wasn't prepared for this because I know I actually have a Nazi werewolf mask somewhere in my house. Well, of course, you know, grandpas, I remember that. Because um, I got it at a yard sale. I was like, wow, it's a Nazi werewolf mask. Hell yeah. So uh, it does. I like it. it. It's fucking rules. I do like that they oozy up his entire family. It's it's a pretty good time. Fun or that scene. mom gets shot and is like literally thrown like 10 feet just from yeah. getting shot. Yeah, so. from, from an Uzi. <laughs> because the Nazi werewolves also have Uzis, which is a... I find it very funny because a Uzi is, a, is an Israeli gun, which is a, a Jewish gun used by people who hate Jews is very, very... I like I, that, that irony and, uh, and my love of, of firearms that that did register with me it's it's very ironic it's like jewish people driving um um bmws and volkswagens yeah yeah i get it i'm not, listen it, it, i separate the art from the artist you know i listen hitler bad guy am i gonna wear hugo boss though yeah occasionally if it's cool enough and i want to look like rocky from rocky four i'm going well, to get that sweater well though the original commercials in the 50s were hitler driving his uh Volkswagen going Führer for Gnugan. So, <laughs> all right. There's nothing fun like driving your car when you are not holocausting. Uh, okay. So, uh, he wakes up and then also uh, the uh, sees his sweet nurse uh, and gets the, we get another jump scare there. Now, uh, next, our, our recently deceased Jack comes to visit. Uh, our, our very alive, soon-to-be werewolf, David. And uh, he's not looking great. His whole fucking throat is torn out. It's some pretty good effects here, which uh, they actually had to cut a lot of the scenes of him, particularly in this scene, because it was too gory and it was going to get an NC-17 rating just for the effects here. But uh, they did leave enough of it in, so you do get that shock. And, uh, you know, Jack is still his same old goofy self, throwing away things, talking about fucking, but... Uh, he is very serious about one thing, and that's that David needs to handle this fucking problem. Yes, that's right. Get out of here, Jack. Tomorrow night's the full moon. You're going to change. You'll become... I know. I know. A monster. You've got to kill yourself, David, before it's too late. Gosh, sounds like Jeremy's wife. Anyway, um, this is <laughs> you can't hear, it, but Jeremy's dying right now. He's hilarious. Uh, you know, Elmer Bernstein really did some good work on some of this background versus uh, whoever the fuck did the Ninth Gate soundtrack, where it's like Johnny Depp's trying to find the devil in the book of the devil. Oh, let's play the Ghostbusters theme. Like, it's funny as fuck as he's finding the book of the devil. Oh, look, somebody's dead. What the fuck is this fucking composer doing? That's one thing I thought that lacked from that is they just needed more Ray Parker Jr. singing over top of it, and then that would have been the true horror of that film. Ninth Gate! 
Hey, now, fun fact about this scene where uh, uh, the actor who's playing Jack Griffin Dunn, uh, his throat is all ripped out. He stated in 2007 that his biggest fear was that his mother, who was ill at the time, would not be able handle uh, would not be able to uh, to handle seeing a film where her son appeared to be a mutilated corpse. When she finally saw it, she was deeply disturbed by it. So he was he was correct in that. In that, Aww. so. Uh, is any- Anybody seen another Griffith Dunn film? Uh, I have seen him, and I couldn't remember, and I cheated, and I, and now I've forgotten what other movie he's in. I know he's most recently in movie forty six, but Jeremy, what do you most uh, know him as? I hate to say, I almost like it better than Goodfellas is uh, Scorsese's comedy called uh, After Hours, where all he wants to do is to get back fucking home, but he is trapped, just trying to get the fuck back home and it also has a little cheech and chong in it but also is just such a mind fuck when how everybody he meets is either fucked up or or eventually he's chased by a mob at the end of the night (laughs) 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 i I didn't know that scorsese could do comedy so fucking well it it literally is is a fucking must see for me. I mean, so. the greatest Scorsese anyway. bit is the uh, the fact that he allowed all of that shitty young looking CGI into the Irishman. I've never laughed h- fucking harder than that. Is uh, <laughs> watching old ass Robert De Niro try to pretend that his body doesn't or, move or, or like or a seventy f- year old man. That is a good ass <laughs> fucking bit. <laughs> uh, so, or, or or nothing's funnier when you're driving down the road like, what the fuck is that banging? Oh, that motherfucker's still alive in the fucking trunk. How many times did we fucking beat the shit out of him? So, gosh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, David uh, wakes up from this uh, from this nightmare and uh, uh, actually ends up kissing Nurse Alex, who is uh, quite quite pretty. She loves the kids, and they they go back to her place and have a big old fuck where we get to see a little bit of titty. Apparently, this sex scene was a lot more graphic than we got to see. Had to be cut for the uh, American audiences in the NC seven rating ashley i do i do find it funny that when she first is like ready to bring him home she says i find <laughs> i find you very attractive and a little bit sad and i laughed out loud because i was like that is something eric has definitely heard <laughs> <laughs> every, every woman who's I'm ever given to- me attention <laughs> I'm about to give you the biggest mercy fuck I have ever given. So. I've I've made my whole life. Listen, up until I met my sweet wife, that was every fuck that I had. So please, you don't have to tell this guy twice. Uh, <laughs> so they have uh they have that, and uh, right after he finishes the coitus, he heads to the bathroom, and uh, fucking Jack is back there, a little bit more decayed, a little bit more green, a little bit more fucking metal, and he's still preaching well, the look- gospel to him. Looking a little bit more like Bob. David, believe what? That tomorrow night, beneath the full moon, I'll sprout hair and fangs and eat people? Bullshit. Oh, God damn it, David, please believe me. You'll kill and make others like me. I'm not having a nice time here. I'm not having a nice time here watching you fuck all the time, which is weird. It would be hard for me to fucking rail this nice, pretty British girl while my fucking uh, Fangoria magazine cover friend is just sitting there going, yeah, fuck yeah, like this. But can you kill yourself now, please? Uh, <laughs> it, it makes it difficult to perform. Whenever, whenever. Go ahead. Uh, go oh, ahead. No, sorry. 
I was just going to say, I also found it funny. I think it was a little bit earlier whenever he's like, you know what it's like to talk to a corpse? It's boring. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever I have sex, I always prefer to somebody without their skin to come out of the closet and come up and just like cut a rat in half. Yes. While I'm having sex, so I can do that, Jeremy. Next time, I'll go ahead and I'll come into the bedroom and, and do a pentagram with uh, with the rat blood. Yes. Yeah. Damn, I'm getting hard just thinking about. So it. he tells uh, he tells his sweet girlfriend Alex uh, that he saw Jack again, and that he thinks he's really going through some bad times. And uh, you know, when you express an emotional trauma like that, generally it's met with like a hug or something like that. Nope, makes this English nurse horny as fuck. So. Uh, <laughs> It's a big turn Again, on. I totally, <laughs> I totally relate every time. Like one of you is like, Ashley, this horrible thing happened to me. And I'm like, let me comfort you with my puss. <laughs> so next uh, we get to see our sweet doctor who we saw earlier in the film go to the slaughtered lamb to investigate a bit. They don't like his line of questioning this big fancy London British doctor. And uh, one of the patrons up and leaves and goes out into the rain. Uh, it's important that we notice the rain here because... Because Landis's biggest thing is that he actually chose to shoot in February and March, the rainiest time in London, because he wanted it to have that gothic feel like all the classic horror movies Dracula and the old school Wolfman had. So, very important part there. Uh, but he sees and goes out and talks to the patron who leaves. It's almost full moon. You've changed. Hey, you- That's enough! I'm the fucking warden of Alien Free, and you will not tell him about our monstrous people that walk around the moors around here. So, uh, the doctor seems to be onto something, but uh, meanwhile, David is trying to deal with all of his downtime before becoming a werewolf. And there's just a wonderful montage of him just, <laughs> I'm so bored around here. I'm going to watch the Muppets. I'm thinking about jerking off. Let's go outside. <laughs> no, let's go back inside. What are we going to do? Uh, I always think about this. If you know you're becoming a werewolf, like, and they address this later in um, uh, like movies like The, the Wolfman 2010 with uh, Jack Nicholson, like, why don't you just lock yourself in a room that you like a beast can't get out of, right? That's the that's what you should well, do. Manage your fucking disease like an adult. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute though. You you are not wrong, but at this point, isn't he still in denial that it's happening? He still doesn't believe it's actually gonna happen to him. Well, you say that, right? You say that. Don't get me wrong. He says it's bullshit, but the first time he goes, I'm gonna become a monster. He, so he admitted it the first time, then he goes into denial, and then but why Listen, is is your life in London, is this London trip so important where your friends already died by a fucking mythological beast that you're not just going to lock yourself up one night? It seems a little, it seems a little ridiculous, okay? Like, even if you're wrong, then you spent the night in shackles one single night, but that's what white privilege is. You won't jail yourself or control yourself for one night. (laughs) I was going to say, Eric, I can't explain this to you. There are nights when I look in the mirror and I go, hey... We're not going to be a hoe tonight, but then the hunger gets you and you can't help yourself and you go out there and you eat every man at that bar. <laughs> it's also worth noting that uh, every every song in the soundtrack for this has the word moon in it. So Blue Moon, uh, Bad Moon Rising by CCR, all moon-based things that happen. And... Uh, 
there's only one thing I would ever change about this movie with CGI, and that would be after uh, Griffin Dunn is attacked by the werewolf, uh, McNaughton, after being attacked, wakes up and turns his head, and it's actually Robin Williams lying dead there. Which still has a lot of fucking. Yeah, hair he still on his looks back, like a so. full werewolf because Robin Williams is a walking Sasquatch when he was alive. Yeah, I like Fuck that. Yeah, and let's talk about the more important part: is my three-head greatest Rush, Mount Rushmore of CCR movies, including this movie, the movie Mask, and the Big Lebowski. Hey, and don't forget about another one, another famous John Landis film that uh, includes uh, uh, CCR. That would be um, uh, The Twilight Zone, where they play the Midnight oh. Special. Oh, look at that. Let's fucking John Landis just loves the Credence. They man. love fucking Credence. I do think he had a fucking eight track back in the day. I would like to go back to that idea, though, of using Robin Williams as the as the uh, you know, the Wolfman, you know, because he gets shot like, ooh, I've been shot. Oh, look at me. Oh, I'm dying. I'm on the ground. Ooh, I'm going to haunt your dreams after you kill me. Oh, good morning. Look like Morning, Northern England. Uh, welcome to the Blitzkrieg. Ooh, look at me, it's stream of consciousness. He just, pops <laughs> yes. he just pops over a wall and he's like, hello. He actually, he could stop the werewolf curse because you, like if you had that Robin Williams in your head for like two straight days, you put a bullet in your mouth, okay? Like, there was that's... a whole nother hour of deleted scenes where Robin Williams was just talking to Matt Damon. He's like, it's not your fault that you're a werewolf. It's not your fault. Ooh, my wife died of cancer. Now you have a Boston accent. Ooh, look at me. I'm fucking Robin Williams. They try to shoot him, and he's like, oh, no. It's a drive-by fruiting. <laughs> good. Yes, good Mrs. Doubtfire. An American, American werewolf in the birdcage. An American <laughs> Doubtfire in, in, in fucking Pierce Brosnan. Um and it's just a movie about Mrs. Doubtfire pegging Pierce Brosnan. Uh <laughs> oh, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Robin Williams hunting down the same character we have tonight, an American werewolf, but we call it Jumanji. <laughs> yes. There we go. These are the puns that you come here for the Quality Time podcast for. You know, gosh. And just, we, we, we we will point out we love Jews. We do. Quality time. We do. Now, uh, it finally gets to the big night of full moon when we finally get to the money shot of this movie, which is the transformation that won an Oscar here. Rick Baker's finest work here. Um, now... If you go back to our Howling episode, I mentioned that um, I thought this movie had a better transformation. Okay, I said this. I said I said this is the better one between the two. I mean, and to a certain extent, I was right. But I watched this again. I think I'm back to the Howling. I think the Howling is the better no. is the better is the better one. Here's why. Let me just and it's because of one shot in particular. Okay, there's a shot where I like that this is done in light. I like that the challenges it took on. But there is one goofy-ass part where he's mid-transformed with just basically doing blackface with teeth, and he looks at the camera for like a good six seconds going, like this. And that shit was so, it made me laugh. When I watched The Howling, I definitely didn't have that laughing part. 
Um, and I will say that while the darkness hides some of the special effects in the howling, it probably hides them for the right reasons when we've, we're now here in 2021. Just my two cents. Now, this is the other reason. Either one is a win for Rick Baker. Because Rick Baker, again, had already started the howling, and his protege, uh, Botten, uh, actually executed this. And um, uh, Botten actually, I think what you see in, in, in uh, The Howling is what Rick Baker wanted to do in um, American Werewolf. And here's why. One of the big fights that Rick and uh, director John Landis had was actually over the fact if it should be a werewolf that stands on two feet or if it should be a hound from hell on four legs. Landis was insistent that it be a hound from hell on four legs. So the werewolf, when it's fully transformed and you see it in the howling, I think that is more true to what Rick Baker actually wanted the final outcome to be. And while this is more of what Landis wanted to do. Now, execution, I thought was fucking great on both. They used the very much the same technology. In fact, uh, Botten, you know, basically asked uh, uh, Rick all the time, how should I do this? What should I do with this? He's like, oh, you put a fucking bag underneath this. You're going to do it. It has a lot of the same effects. Um, I, I kind of wish that uh, Rick Baker had stayed on the howling, and I think we would have had the best outcome from all of this, personally. But I throw it to you guys. That's obviously my opinion. What did you think is the better transformation between the two of these movies? Let me, let me get this out, because it's very important when you think about the Howling 3, the marsupial movie, is that... <laughs> The most important part about having a stand-up werewolf is that if you're going to have like a Sybil Danning werewolf, you have to have really good stand-up tits that you can still transform into werewolf. So that makes sense. That makes sense. Don't ruin the marsupials for me. I own it, but I haven't watched it yet. (laughs) Oh, I'm a cat people person. Um, But no, uh, (sighs) Ashley, what what do you think uh, now now that we've watched both of them pretty recently? Is it American Werewolf in London or is it The Howling for you? It is. It is American Werewolf in London for me. I it's not that I hate the, the howling. I just felt there was something about the consistency in the transformation there was something very slow about it but gradual to the point that could just see this magnificent change happen in the character that i don't feel like i properly saw in the howling the howling if i remember correctly felt i don't know to me it was more obvious that it's very much obviously um prosthetic it's makeup it's fake um but there's something more realistic to the american werewolf um in london also, I love dogs, and I would much rather fuck the American werewolf. Oh, okay, okay. Wait, he I might can't... give me fleas, but I feel like I'd be happy. I can't wait till you become famous enough, and you leave the show, Ashley, and you meet Janine Garofalo, so you can make a uh, must love dogs too, where you guys both actually fuck dogs, uh, made by Rick Baker, of course. Um, but I'm excited about that. Right now. I can't, I can't deal with the fact that as much as I love doing the podcast that there could come a day where there might be a real viable man in my life and he goes hey I'm not sure I want to get married anymore because I heard a clip from a show you used to do called <laughs> Qualifying where you talk about wanting to fuck a man dog and I'm 
I don't think <laughs> I want to be with you anymore. Plus, you made a joke about Jews being hunted by Robin Williams. Also, <laughs> also I feel ridiculous wearing this dog mascot uniform, if I'm going to be fully honest with you. <laughs> I never understood why you always were so interested in the Don't Do Drugs campaign. And then it was because you just wanted to fuck McGruff the crime dog. <laughs> now... <laughs> If there's one thing I love, I love fucking doggy style. I am a dog, and I also fight crime. Not only should you pick up your poo, remember to pick up your gum. Hope you'll mind if I shit on the floor. I'm McGruff. I'm McGruff. Take a bite out of crime. Now, everybody, steer clear of this crime scene. I need to secure it. And also, wipe my anus across all the evidence. And then he just starts dragging his asshole across everything. Because that's what McGruff would do. I was waiting for Eric to be like, take a bite out of crime while I take a bite out of your ass. <laughs> so, uh, so okay, you guys are both, uh, Jeremy, how, howling or this? I know, so you're you're clearly London, um, uh, uh, Ash. Do you do do you go ho- ho- howling howling transformation or or London transformation, Jeremy? Oh, which bastard son should I choose? You know, I mean, I literally do love Robert Picardo. Uh, but it, it is better. I, I love the, the lighting of the, the howling better. And, and at the same time, I love the fact that McNaughton is really in pain versus like Picardo's like, whatever, I'm changing into a fucking werewolf. Like I do every other fucking day, motherfucker. That is true. There is a wantingness that makes it look kind of cool. They're two very different things. Experience both of them. Let us know in the comments section, our Facebook, Twitter, uh, we don't have, but uh, our, our wonderful Instagram page that Ashley works so hard on. Uh, drop us a little line, which one you think is the better of the two transformations. We'd love to hear from you guys. So yeah, I just think it would be hilarious if he did turn into McGruff the crime dog. So, so. hey, uh, trivia question, though, and I'll pose to both of you. There's two werewolf transformations that have won special effects uh, Oscars. One of them is this movie, American Werewolf in London. Can you name the other movie? Of what? So the question is, there's two werewolf movies, werewolf transformation movies, okay? One of them is this, that has won an Oscar for the transformation. What is the other one? Oh, fuck. Is it, um... Uh, into a werewolf. So, oh, oh, the new, um, the, the last Twilight film, where, um... Okay. He, he like breaks a bike or something. And okay, you're going. You're film. going. You're going with Twilight. Uh, Twilight Part Two. Okay, Ashley, I'll throw it out to you. Do you know which one it could be? He is most likely correct. I'm just going way out there because I have to pee and I want to be right just by a chance. Um, I'm gonna go Bad Moon. Okay, Bad Moon. Okay, both solid answers. Now, uh, both of you are wrong. The other one that won was 2010's The Wolfman, also who did the special effects, Rick Baker. So Rick Baker okay, has won both of them obvious. by doing it. So Yeah, that one seemed obvious. Who who played, uh, was was that Benicio Del Toro? No, who played The Wolfman the, um, the 2010? That's a good, it, it, yeah, I think that's Benicio Del Toro in that. It's because Wolf that, is- that very is, swarthy look going on already. Wolfman 2010 is e wait for it yeah it's benicio 
Benicio del okay. Toro. So he got the second best one. And I'll let you know that neither of these are even my favorite werewolf transformation. Shout outs. It's oh. definitely the best werewolf transformation is from Trick Trick or Treat, in my opinion. When the when oh. all the ladies slit their skin off and then rip their fucking whole thing off and their werewolf center. That those are my favorites personally. But anyway. You did call that as a good one. I hate to say I've never seen American Werewolf in Paris, but actually watching scenes from that, it, it's the worst CGI. It makes it's like really the bad. Scorpion King look like a great CGI yeah, movie. Yeah, it makes the fucking Scorpion King look like Avatar. It is, it, ugh. It's terrible. I can't get those two hours back. <laughs> I watched that movie while I was working because I didn't have anything to do, and I can't believe... I used my time jacking off at work to watch that <laughs> shitty movie. I will say, though, I, I love American Werewolf in Paris for two reasons. One, I saw it in the movie theaters in, like, sixth or seventh grade, which I really did enjoy at the time, and it took me subsequent visits back to realize how fucking bad a movie it was. But also, I loved the band Bush in the 90s, and the fucking song mm-hmm. Mouth rules, uh, and it is featured heavily in that soundtrack, as well as the song Mouth. Machine Head, also by Bush, which are two fucking bangers by the band. Let's let's just all agree it was the best Paris Hilton movie ever made. Yes, yes, finally. <laughs> um, so our sweet David, now werewolf uh, changed, is going to uh, find some fresh meat. He takes out a sweet British trouble uh, couple going to a party and uh, trying to get their fuck on. When their friend goes to go investigate where they are, he just finds their severed arm and also gets taken out um another three bums get fucking uh done and i I hate that bums always get attacked because i think that's sad they didn't do anything except live out in the rainy streets of london um but uh meanwhile while this is all going and he's going on this carnivorous rampage uh, the doctor believes that this could all just be mass trauma brought on by the whole township about on all fours and howling at the moon but in such a deranged state he might harm himself or perhaps other people what shall we do i think we should call the police so they're out to go find where david is and stop him because they're not really sure he could be a werewolf they just think he could be fucking crazy and ripping off people's throats and shit so uh Meanwhile, while that's happening, and I find this to be the most unbelievable thing, not a man turning into a werewolf, but there is a guy who's riding on the fucking trains in London, and he's the only person on a London train. And I find that hard to believe in such a giant metropolis as London that there would be, you'd be on a train ride where nobody else was there. And, uh, uh, that that didn't bother you at all, Jeremy, when he tracks down that guy in the subway station and they never see another person. He goes through catacombs and stuff like that in well-lit areas and it's like, oh yeah, there's nobody else fucking riding the trains tonight. It's just, he was working late guy. that night. He's, he's a very, very dedicated worker. It just doesn't make any sense. There would be some fucking punk who with a Sex Pistols jacket on ready to fucking say, hey there, Bobby, you fucking look at it. And with a fucking switchblade, you know? That's... That's who should have been taken out. It should have been like the Terminator where they run into Bill Paxton and a bunch of punks, you know, and then uh, he should have killed them too. Yeah, he had cheetah hair. 
Exactly. Finally. And, and then Scotty has to come over and turn off his music because it's too offensive for him to listen to, you know, in, uh, yeah. in Star Trek Four, The Search Spock for Spock. takes out a, a punk with, with a, with a boombox. Yeah. Listening, listening to some, some fucking rancid. Some rancid. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in the 80s. It's my favorite punk band, Rancid. <laughs> they are ska, sir, and I will not have you besmirch the sweet genre of ska the way you just did. Um, so <laughs> David wakes up in uh, the zoo at the wolf exhibit, oddly enough, and uh, you get a good shot of his dong, Jeremy. What did you think of uh, David McNaughton's dong in this uh, in this scene? Uh, he's, he's got an extra inch than Gigi Allen, so, you know. I, I found it that he had... Uh, he had a nice dick. Uh, I paused it. I have the DVD here. I'll show. I <laughs> uh, see. I have the DVD collection. I got it from Walmart for five bucks. Very worth the purchase. This is where a lot of the quality time films come from. Is uh, I generally go on Walmart binges and find the five dollar bin. I'm like, oh, looking for American Werewolf in London. I'm gonna fucking watch this. Um, but I did pause it at the dong shot, and I was uh, I I found it rather round at the end, and uh, and uh, it it led me to believe is that a prosthetic, a, a prosthetic cock? Who knows? But uh, <gasps> oh, I'm sorry. I had to go back to the three bums. Okay. And I and I had to look up his name. His name is uh, Sidney Bromley. He's like the oldest looking fucking bum with the with no hair with the big beard, and. Uh, he was he was a very prominent part in the movie Dragon Slayer as like the second to the uh, to the wizard, but but the added bonus is that he was also um, Angie Wook from the Neverending Story. Oh, Angie Wook, <laughs> hell yeah, Angie Wook. So nice. no, that was the end of, end of his, end of his days and the end of his career with these these two movies. Um, yeah, he died in 87. He was eight, 78 years old. Gosh, he looked old as fuck. So. Very nice. Now, uh, I do think it, there, a little fun fact, Jeremy, as, uh, uh Ashley's fact. just returning from her bathroom break. That's great. Ashley, welcome back. Sorry, I had to pee really bad. So, fuck, uh, we didn't even talk for like three minutes. We were like, the fuck she's gone? Yeah, the we fuck were just, we gonna do? We were just silent. <laughs> what the fuck are we gonna do now? Yeah. Uh, fuck! Jesus. <laughs> So, uh, so he's he escapes the uh, the wolf exhibit and does have to find a, uh, a a child to steal some balloons from, and uh, so he can cover his fucking dongle. Which there are some good dongle shots here. We talked about his dick for a while. Um, and Ashley, I what was your take on his dick? I step away, and you guys are talking about dick. I mean, I I, I filibustered as much as I could. What did you think about uh, our, our sweet actor's cock here? So, like, we don't really see cock we just see a lot of bush yeah but there's a solid um, bell end as the as the brits would say solid bell end yeah i mean it was okay but like here's the thing it's not like i'm ever gonna get to see it hard i just it's get true. it all like like all floppy like it mm. looks like something you see in a in a Mar super mario's game where you're just like <laughs> oh dubby <laughs> you jump on it to get to the next level so he does find a kid and then uh tells that kid to come over while he's hiding behind a bush grabs his balloons and then uh and then uh runs around with that covering him it's a it's a fun scene and then he steals some lady's jacket so he's just walking in a, a red jacket only after that and uh but, i do but like the... i do like this little clip from uh the kid telling his mom what happened to his balloons yes sir 
A naked American man stole my balloons. What? And what man's name? <laughs> was none other than Woody Allen. So anyway, guys, uh, this, <laughs> this... Now, uh, fun fun fact about this this part of the movie, they were filming that actually at the London Zoo, right? And uh, as he, uh, the actor David, Mc, uh, David Naughton was saying, he said, he's like, man, I was walking around and running around naked and doing all these shots, and I was like, oh, that's really weird. There's a bunch of... Why are those extras over there? And he realized that they had just opened the zoo and he was still completely naked and getting filmed by just the general public watching his dong and shit like that. So pretty funny. I have once been kicked out of the DC zoo because they're like, hey, you can't have sex with the flamingos. And I'm like, I thought it was Bill Pullman. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out Serpent in the Rainbow, recent episode with the very great Sarah Roach in our archives. Very recent. If you want to go back a couple episodes. Yeah, that gem is all Sarah. (laughs) So, uh, he uh, next goes to uh, uh, fucking um, see his sweet girlfriend, Alex, in the woman's jacket. He's eating a bunch of people, and he's horny as fuck, apparently. Uh, but the doctor calls Alex, and she says, hey, can you bring him over here right away? I need to go see him. Now, as they're driving around, they go to take a taxi to go see the doctor, and there's a fun cameo by this actor right here. What murders? How much you owe? Last night... Six of them, all in different parts of the city, all mutilated. He must be a real right maniac, this fella. Pull over. Jeremy, do you recognize that actor who was speaking? No, I don't have a clue. So I I don't know the actor's name, and I probably could Google it right now. But if you're familiar with the movie Snatch, that's Bricktop right there. Bricktop from the movie Snatch. The guy, he's like, I heard the best thing to do is to feed them to pigs. You got to starve the piggies for a couple of days, on it, and you got to pull all the teeth in half for the sake of the piggies' digestive system. You is could he... do this first, of course, but you don't want to go sifting through pig shit now, do you? Um, is he the oh, is he the older guy that has the glasses? Yes, that's the older guy, Bricktop from wow. Snatch, right there. What Make, a bit part! Yeah, really nice, really nice little little. St- he also and has. It, the, I just I just watched Snatch the other day, and I realized that Morgan was so much younger, and he didn't kill anybody with sticks in that Snatch. Yeah. Yes, yes, he didn't kill anybody with sticks. And he, he didn't even sound British like he does. He yeah, doesn't sound British like in The in, Walking in, Dead. Yes, you're talking about Dead. Morgan from The Walking Dead, the guy who plays the main uh, bad boy Yardy. And bad boy Yardies are supposed to know how to get rid of bodies. Why do Why do black English actors act so much better than regular black American actors? I don't oh, know. Boy. It is. Um, it's a good. It's a good thing. Ooh, I, it's something I've it's thought racist. about. It's something I've thought about maybe, all my life. Um, I was gonna say maybe it's just the the degrees of racism. They're like we were traded less times than the American. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just Elba and and Frickin and and Morgan have taken over the scenes these days. So because they're amazing. But honestly, I lost. Like I know what we were talking about for a second because you kept saying snatch, and I was like, I'm right. Here, what do you want? Oh. There's any vagina in this damn so, film. He, uh, they, uh, Boobie. the six people are dead, and, uh, Alex, uh, I'm sorry, David tries to go, uh, turn himself in, and he sees a local Bobby cop, and he runs right up to him and tries to get arrested. Come on, David. Let's... Come on, I want you to arrest me, you asshole. It's not cool for that kind of language. Queen Elizabeth is a man! Prince Charles is a faggot! 
Winston Churchill was bullshit. That's enough. No, David, please. Shakespeare's French. Fuck shit. Cut shit. Come on, that's enough. David, David, please. Who is this person? If you don't stop this disturbance, I shall arrest you. That's what I want you to do, you moron. He's very upset. His friend was killed. Were you? I like that. And and guys. Listen, if there was any display of white privilege stronger than this scene right here, where a white man who's trying to get arrested just can't even see, you know, they don't talk about the flip side of white privilege. What happens when you're trying to get arrested and you're like, God damn it, my privilege is preventing this from happening. And that's the it's that's a real problem. It is a real problem. And I, you know, it doesn't get talked about enough. You know, you know, I walk around all the time. I'm like, why won't somebody arrest me today and treat me like a, a common black person? And I just can't make it happen. And it, and it hurts me inside uh, in that way. And I, and I was going to say, Eric, you're missing the plight of the white woman. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, I can't even do it. Oh. That I walk around and I'm like, why isn't someone touching me? Why isn't someone raping me? <laughs> like, I just every moment of every day, I'm like, why am I not being objectified? I just don't understand. Am I not rapeable anymore? That hurts. That hurts the most when I'm like, I no longer drive men to their like baser selves to true depravity. Fuck. So, like, you know, you know, you look at you look at the really creepy guy and he just turns his head like, fuck. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. Um, that's happening right now. Do you know how hard it is to remember when I first joined the podcast and you guys were like, Oh, look at that piece of ass. And now I show up and you guys are like, Oh, it's here. <laughs> I notice every time you put your mouth around that microphone, damn it. Yeah. And listen, it took us it really it really took us a long time to respect you, Ashley. And that was the most <laughs> That's the most difficult part of anything. Why does it hurt so bad? <laughs> you know, you were just the piece of ass before that, but then we, then we grew to respect you. Now, God I, damn I, it, she has a fucking mind. I've always respected you, and that is a bit. Now, listen, after this, David goes to go watch some good old British porn called See You Next Wednesday, a recurring bit in all Landis films. He looks awful, uh, but his buddy Jack is there more decayed than ever like basically he's just a full prosthetic now talking skeleton with just chunks of flesh hanging off of him yeah, he's but a puppet. he's there with more of his friends because now that david's killed they're all there to haunt his dreams well, even if i'm not the wolf man i'm crazy enough to do something like that I mean, look at me here i sit in a porno theater in piccadilly circus talking to a corpse i'm actually glad to see you jack I want you to meet some people. David Kessler, this is Gerald Bringsley. Gerald's the man you murdered on the subway. We thought it best for you not to see him, as he's a fresh kill and still pretty messy. Yes, I do look most unpleasant. Why are you doing this to me? This isn't Mr. Goodman's idea. He's your good friend, whereas I... I'm a victim of your carnivorous lunar activities. He goes on to go say this. You must die, David Kessler. Man, which is pretty tough. And the rest of his victims from the night before go on further to encourage him to kill himself, basically giving him an idiot's guide of how to put a gun in his mouth. I know where you can get a gun. 
Don't I need a silver bullet or something? Oh, be serious, would you? <laughs> Madness. No, a gun would be good. Yes, you just put the gun to your forehead and pull the trigger. But if you put it in your mouth, you'd be sure not to miss. Thank you. You're all so thoughtful. A knife. An electric shock. A car crash. You could throw yourself in front of a tube. Drowning. But apparently it's another full moon that'll turn him into a uh, a werewolf that night and he turns into wolf form in that very same theater uh he rips one of the uh uh attendants of the porn theater apart uh the police rush in and just see the pile of gore left in the theater and uh the wolf is just chewing on another patron within there probably ate the fleshy dick part first because that's what wild animals do oddly enough and the bobby runs out and uh, locks the door, closes the metal uh, thing. Uh, the coppers call in the big rifles. It uh, fucking he breaks through the fucking door like it's nothing at all. Just like everybody left and right goes on a total fucking rampage out in the streets of Piccadilly Circus. Cars are crashing. Everyone's going nuts. Mayhem left and right. And uh, fucking after that, you get uh, you get uh, fucking the cops are showing up and they can hear him like this. And there's just fucking sirens everywhere. It's total mayhem in the streets as uh, they finally force him into the alleyway where he is now cornered. Alex and the doctor finally make their way to Piccadilly Square and are able to easily get past the cops. This 105-pound woman just overpowers an entire police battalion armed with AR-15s, and uh, she goes to go try to reason with David, and she enters. David? Is it you? David, they're going to kill you. David, please, please let me help you. Meanwhile, the police are all, have their guns trained on him. I love you, David. She just can't let go of that werewolf dick. She needs it so bad. And there's this... Oh, no! The police gun him down in the streets. And they run over immediately, go, Oh, my God, I didn't know he was white! What the fuck? What have we done? (laughs) Because that's what police do when they shoot somebody. They immediately check to see... (laughs) You gave her so much shit for still wanting some of that that werewolf dick. I have done equally dumb things to hold on to someone that was bad for me, too. (laughs) Yes, yes. So, uh, uh, and uh, as we see the uh, the now regular uh, human corpse laying on the ground of David, they roll credits, and that brings us to an end. An American werewolf in London. Um, important movie. Really enjoyed it. We got things like Thriller after this. A whole new, I, I think, a movie that really defined what werewolves are for us in the modern times. 
uh, hasn't been repeated since then. Uh, a special film. What are your final thoughts, though, uh, Miss Coochie Carnage, on the uh, on the action? <laughs> I loved it. This this is a movie that I, I really have enjoyed for years. It's one of my favorites to throw on every October when I work my way through my horror favorites. It's a great movie done by a semi uh, irresponsible man, but it's a great yes, <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> Why do you say irresponsible? Because he killed that guy in the Twilight Zone. Uh, and those two kids, yeah, yeah, that was really bad. We should do the Twilight Zone movie sometime. That that was fucked up. When John Landis murdered somebody in a movie and then had faced he zero consequences. Somebody. He murdered two children and an adult. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, it is it is the worst story out of all of them in, in that movie. So, I mean, it was worth it. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy, what are your final takeaways from an American werewolf in London? Uh, I, I, some people say it's his best movie. It, it makes my top five. Uh, right below uh, Blues Brothers, Animal House, Kentucky Fried Movie, and Amazon Women on the Moon. So, oh, not even Schlock. You're not even going to bring up Schlock at all. It's just well, uh, well you know, Schlock definitely the first King Kong movie and Rick Baker's uh, earliest monkey work. And uh, otherwise, I think he almost uses the same mask for King Kong. And uh, you know, but uh, yeah, John Landis. I met him. Uh, more than 10 years ago and I asked him about uh, Michael Jackson he's like well you know he's crazy he's crazy what the hell he's doing and this is before he died of course but uh, you know we try to tell him but you know he just loves fucking children so you know. <laughs> he did not say that he likes to fuck kids no, but that would did. rule if but he did he actually did another another video for him later on I forget where he like he's in the haunted house with Michael Jackson so he continued to work with him even though the, uh, the horrible scandal behind him so that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, money talks, motherfucker. Hey, I, you want me to work with OJ? Hey, I'll fucking work with him for a million dollars. Fuck yeah. If he wants to stab another wife and kill her and cut her head off, you know, we'll still we'll keep working. So. I'm just sad that John Landis never got to work with Matt, Matthew Broderick to, uh, to, <laughs> to, make, to make the ultimate murderer's row movie where it's two guys that got to make a movie and kill people and just just went on with the rest of their lives like nothing happened and uh, i actually saw the spec script for it it was ferris bueller runs people off the road (laughs) (laughs) Well, well that brings us to an end of this episode ashley where can people find you at love always find me on social media at Ashley Pontius Laughs and you can catch me at Jam and Java uh, April 1st and with Eric April 10th. Hell yeah, come and check that out. We're helping out a Little League football team and uh, that should be fun. By the way, the guy who booked us was sitting front row at the Save Our Stages show, so very, very fun times. Uh, You can catch all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com See all the links to our fucking merch there. Uh, Maybe we'll get a real website one day. I don't know. Uh, you'll have to buy some of that merch to make it happen. Um, anyway, ericcomedy.com. Check that shit out. Jeremy, take us out of here. I'm a werewolf. You're a werewolf. Everyone you like to be a werewolf, too. And shoot at their throats. I want to do, like, a promo for the show. <clears throat> you reach the Quality Time Podcast with Eric Woodworth, Jeremy Woodworth, and Ashley Pontius. Do like a DJ voice.